Welcome to Miami Valley Church. My name is Pastor Jed. However you're listening to this right now, wherever you find yourself, I want to say welcome. I believe that God wants to speak to you through his word. He wants you to experience him. He wants you to know him personally and for you to trust him. Praise, listen, rest. Praise, listen, rest. That's what he's been teaching us. Let's start off our time together today praising him. Let's go to Psalm 23 in your Bibles, in your house churches right now. Go to there uh, in your Bibles, your mobile devices, Psalm 23. And I'm going to ask you if you're physically able to go ahead and stand up in your house church for the reading of God's holy word. If someone would read that out loud for your house church and then take the next few moments to praise him together. If you need to pause this broadcast, this message to come back to it, I don't ever want to limit the praising of God. He is worthy. So let's take the next few moments. Stand up, read Psalm 23 out loud in your house, church, and praise him by telling him who he is. Thank you. 
as we have been journeying together, God is teaching us and he is showing us this rhythm of praise, listen, rest, praise, listen, rest. Are you hearing this anywhere as you listen through his word? We encourage you last week uh, to start listening through all of God's word together as we go through uh, his word uh, through the end of March, 16 chapters a day, six days a week. And by the end of March, you will have listened through all of God's word. And we're going to be doing this as a community. The purpose is, number one, to spend time with God, to know him, to know his voice. And to know his voice comes by spending time with him. Number two, uh, it's to establish this rhythm that we just talked about. Praise, listen, rest. Praise, listen, rest. Uh, we can't be obedient to what God says if we aren't listening. And one of the ways, family, that he speaks is through his word. We must listen. We must get uh, away with him and spend time with him and listen to his voice. And number three, it gets you to see the whole picture of God's word, not just to focus on one little part, but to see the greater story of God's, God's redempting love for you, his redemption and what he has done for you, the way that he has rescued you, the way that he has saved you and provided a way for you to come close, to catch the themes and patterns that are weaved all throughout the story and to see how they all make up, how all these little patterns make up this greater picture. And so if you haven't started or maybe you started for a few days and you stopped and you, you've become frustrated and you're like, ah, I'm too far behind, start back up. God is inviting you to spend time with him, to be with him, just be with him and listen to his voice. Today we're in the last chapter of Exodus. Yeah, the last chapter, Exodus 40. Let's go there right now in our Bibles. Exodus 40, can you believe that we have been journeying for one year going through this book together? One year. And I want to ask you, what does God reveal to you about himself during that time? One year. What are you learning in this wilderness season? Maybe about who God is. Maybe about who you are, about yourself, things about you that, that, that don't look like him. What is he calling you to let go of? What is he calling you to drop? What are, what are the things that are distracting you from being with him? He takes these people out into a wilderness uh, place, a place that's barren, a place uh, where there, there isn't a lot of, of things, a lot of stuff to get them alone with him, to get them to focus on him. And I wanna ask you, where is your focus in this wilderness season? Has this wilderness been a place where your faith has increased and flourished or do you find yourself spiritually dry? How are you trusting him right now today versus one year ago? How's your walk with him? Are you listening to his voice, obeying what he's calling you to do? We invited you to pray about this end of the year offering. Have you? How did you respond when he spoke? Were you obedient to, to what he asked of you? Family, God doesn't need your money. He's owner of everything. That unexpected bonus you got at the end of the year, who do you think provided it? Who gives you the ability to perform your job? Who allows you to get to work? Family, he doesn't need your money. He's looking at our hearts. He's looking at your heart. And he's called us to trust him and to do, and to do good. And that's exactly what this offering goes towards these opportunities that, that he has been putting before us. And we want to be ready. We only have just a couple weeks left. Notice we haven't given you a, a dollar figure of what we think it should be or tell you how much you should give. No, 
We've encouraged you to spend time with God and to pray about it, to seek him, to listen to his voice and to trust him in obedience. Praise, listen, rest. Praise, listen, rest. Exodus 40, that's where we're going to be starting today. Exodus 40, and it starts out like this. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, stop right there. Would you underline that verse in your Bible? Maybe you're uh, reading it on a mobile device today. Would you go ahead and just highlight that, that first verse there? Then the Lord said to Moses, Exodus 40, verse 1. And right next to that verse, would you please make a note that says the word praise. Our God speaks. Praise the Lord. Our God speaks. We talked about it last week. He is intimate. He is personal. He is a relational God. And as your creator, he knows every detail about you, every single detail, every single thing, uh, maybe that you, that you share with someone else or the things that you don't share. And he wants you to know about him. Our creator knows every detail about you, and he wants you to know him. He is ever-present, desiring to be with his creation and to speak with them. And he wants to do the same in your life. And don't miss that this is a conversation that we have, that we have been fortunate enough to, to get to read through this, this chapter, this, this book of Exodus, where uh, it's just going back and forth between uh, God and Moses. And the Lord is speaking to Moses. And Moses is listening. And Moses speaks back to him. It's not a one-time thing. It's, it's a conversation. And family, a conversation requires listening. It's walking together, it's ongoing, it's intimate. It's not a one-time thing and God wants to do the same with you. He knows you and he wants you to know him. That's why we encourage you to get away, to, to seek him, to spend time with him. It's not a one-time thing. Go back to him, listen as he speaks. Exodus 40 verse one, praise the Lord, he is worthy. So the Lord spoke to Moses, our God speaks. Put the word praise next to that. And I want you to see the stark contrast between Exodus 40, where we are today, this last chapter of this book, and the very beginning of the book, back in Exodus chapter one. Flip back to Exodus one with me real quick. Go there right now, Exodus one, these same people, this family, the Israelites, uh, uh, here they are in Exodus 1, but they're not in the wilderness yet. No, they're in this place called Egypt under another ruler. Exodus 1, verse 8, eventually. It says, eventually, a new king, Pharaoh, he came to power in Egypt. Now, he's, he's ruling over Egypt. He's ruling over these people. And it says, who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. Do you see the contrast? Verse 9. Pharaoh said to his people, look, the people of Israel, this family, now outnumber us and we and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us and they will escape from the country. Don't miss that. This ruler of Egypt in Exodus 1, Pharaoh, he, he wants to master over the Israelites, this family, this, this nation of people, and limit them from growing. It says they were growing by number, and he's wanting to limit them because he's terrified of what would happen if they turn against him. So it says, Pharaoh knew nothing about Joseph. Here we are in Exodus 40, and the Lord says, I am your God. I am your king. I created you. I know everything about you. 
And if you've been journeying with us through this story, you know by now that he is the God of Abraham. He is the God of Isaac. He is the God of Jacob. He's not just the God of your father and the God of your grandfather. No, he says, I am your God. I want you to know and to experience me personally. He is true to his promise. He's faithful, remembering that these are his people. And he knows them. Do you see the contrast? And instead of trying to destroy them, he has brought them here to the wilderness, to this place, this barren place, to give them life, to reveal himself, to give himself so that they will know who he is, that they will let go of everything else, and that they will trust him. He says, I am with you, leading you personally. He wants to do the same in your life today. Exodus 40, verse 2, the Lord says, set up the tabernacle on the first day of the new year. We're going to come back uh, to that word tabernacle. Maybe this is your first time joining us. You're like, what is that? What is a tabernacle? We're going to get back to that. But don't miss what it says here. Don't miss the specifics of the timing here. Think about that. The first day of the new year, the first day of the new year, it could also be said the first day of the first month, right? So why is that detail so important? Remember back with me, Exodus 12. It says, while the Israelites uh, were still in Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. So here they are. It's the same group of people, the Israelites, this nation, this family. And it says that they are still in Egypt, and the Lord gave the following instructions. It says, verse 2, from now on, underline that for me in your Bible, from now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. No longer are these people to to follow the calendar of the culture that they were in. No longer, he says. No, he is the one who establishes how they are to mark time. He wants to be the one to set their rhythm, to be their pace setter. We talked about it last week. When you follow the Lord, it requires a step toward him. It might even cost you something. Things are going to look differently. You can't keep doing the same things that you used to do. And you can't stay where you are at. Listening and obeying his voice is trusting him and following him. It's the image of sheep and a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. It's how we praise him this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. What do I lack? He provides everything because he is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. I need nothing. Because I have him, I have everything. And he wants to do the same in your life. What do you need to let go of? What are you clinging on to so tightly? What do you need to just put down and listen? How are you doing with that rhythm? Praise, listen, rest. Praise, listen, rest. Are you worn out? Are you weary? He says, come to me. How's your rhythm this new year? Is God even on your calendar? How much of your day Does he get? Does he get just the crumbs at the end of the night? Exodus 40, verse 2 through 33. And these these verses of Scripture, we see exactly uh, what the Lord is is telling Moses to do. Uh, And Moses here is is listening and he's being obedient to each command over and over and over again. It says, "And, and, and he was obedient to everything that the Lord said. Would you draw a bracket? Uh, in your Bible, however you're, however you're engaging with God's Word today, maybe it's on your mobile device, would you, would you make a highlight 
from verse 2 down to verse 33. Just make a bracket right outside of those. Verse 2 down to verse 33. And right outside that bracket, I want you to write a word. Do you have any guesses as to what it might be? I hope you said listen. Praise, listen, rest. Praise, listen, rest. As family, he's speaking. It's what he's teaching us. And in these verses, the Lord gives Moses the detailed instructions on exactly when the tabernacle is to be constructed and how it is to look. This tabernacle, maybe you're joining us for the first time. You're like, what is that word, a tabernacle? Who uses that type of language? This tabernacle, it's a fancy word for tent. It's an intersection. It's where heaven is going to meet earth, this dwelling place where God is going to be with his people It's precise, it's detailed, it's exact. Every little thing, every little detail, it matters. Where each thing is to be put, how it is to look, it all matters. Family, when God calls us to walk with him, work with him, and to watch how he does it, family, there is a certain way in which it ought to be carried out. Not what we think is best, not what everyone else is doing. No, we ought to do what he calls us to do the very way he says to do it, his way, the way he commands us to be obedient. And the only way we'll know how to do what he is calling us to do is by spending time with him and listening to his voice. Do you get it? Praise, listen, rest. Praise, listen, rest. The way the Lord commands Moses to construct the the thing and all the specific items that are to be used and all the things, uh, the commands uh, uh, of the tabernacle and all the details of the priestly garments, every single thing, they all matter. They all have purpose. And God wants to show you the same about your life. Everything he has given you, every interaction you have, every person he puts in your path, your job, your school, your home, your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, your teammates, your coach, your home. He's Lord of it all. And he calls us to listen, to walk with him, to work with him and watch how he does it. And I want you to see the contrast of Exodus 40, what we're looking at right now, back to Exodus 1. Exodus 1, remember the Israelites, this family, this group of people, are under this ruler named Pharaoh. He's, he's, he's the ruler over Egypt, over the Egyptians and all the people who are living in, in Egypt. He says that he doesn't know them personally. Remember, he said he, he didn't know Joseph or anything about him and he wants to destroy them because they are growing in number. And it terrifies him that they might overthrow them. So it says that he oppresses them. Exodus 1, verse 11, so the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down by, with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Python and Ramses as supply centers for the king. Stop right there for a moment. Just look at that language. Slaves, slave drivers, wear them down, crushing labor, force. Do you see how the Lord is distinguishing himself to these people in the desert? I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. I am the Lord your God. I know you personally. I see where you were. I heard your cry and I rescued you. You must not have any other God but me. No one else 
is to rule over you. I want to be your God. I am the Lord, your God. I saw where you were. I heard your cry. I rescued you. For the Egyptians and the people living in Egypt, Pharaoh, this ruler, he would have been like a God. People would have thought of him like a God. And this is what these people lived in. This is what these people have known for 430 years. But the Lord says, I am different. I am set apart. There is no one or nothing like me. He takes them out to this wilderness to reveal himself to them so that they will know who he is. Exodus 1 verse 12, it says, but the more the Egyptians oppressed them, these people, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. Look back at verse 13 with me. It says, so the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without, say it with me, mercy. Without mercy. Family, don't miss what the Lord is teaching us right here, right now. This tabernacle, this tent, this meeting place, it has all these specific instructions, how they are to enter from the east side. All of these things you will see. The altar immediately upon uh, entering the courtyard, right? Here's this altar before you, and it reminds you that you are entering into the presence of a holy God, that he is set apart, that he is different. And because of our sin, we are not worthy and something must be sacrificed. Right past the altar is this wash basin. It is to purify and it is to clean the reminder that we are filthy in his sight, that he is holy, that he is spotless, that, that there is no blemish on him. And when we stare at him and we look back at ourselves, we see how filthy we are. And this wash basin was to clean and to purify. And then as you move into the tent, inside this tent, you see this table of bread, you see a lampstand, and right there in front of you, you see this altar of incense. And all of these things matter. Every single detail matters, specifically put there for a divine purpose. But family, don't miss the beauty where this tabernacle points you to. As you've gone into the courtyard, as you've moved into uh, the tent, and now as you push through the veil, as you push through this curtain, you enter into the Holy of Holies, the very place where God will dwell and invite you to come be with him. Remember the promise, Exodus 25, verse 22. He says, I will meet with you there and talk with you above the mercy seat. Come on. How beautiful is that? Do you see it? It says, Pharaoh and the Egyptians, they ruled the people without mercy. But family, look where the Lord invites us to come to by his grace, by his goodness, by his kindness and love for his people. He gives and provides mercy. And he says, come right there. I will meet with you. And he wants to do the same in your life. Come on. Exodus 40, picking back up in that verse, verse 34. It says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle, this place, this dwelling place where heaven meets earth, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it, and the glory of the Lord 
filled the tabernacle. Now, whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey following. But when the cloud would not rise, they remained where they, where they were until it lifted. The cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the day and at night the fire glowed inside so the whole family of Israel could see it. The whole family. This continued throughout all their journeys. Would you make a bracket for me? In your Bible from verse 34 to 38, just make a bracket, 34 to 38, and right outside that bracket, I'm going to ask you to write down one word, rest. God is dwelling with his people. No longer was it a question, is the Lord with us? It says the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, this dwelling place, this tent, it filled it every square inch. It wasn't just a portion. It wasn't just a section. It said it filled the tabernacle. His presence would rest over the place, over this, over this tabernacle, when they were to stay put. And when the glory moved, when this cloud moved, that's when they were to move. It would cover, cover it during the day, and at night a fire would glow inside so the whole family of Israel, the whole family could see it. No longer was it a question, is the, Lord with, is the Lord with us? God is dwelling among his people. He invites them to come. And right there, right there, above the mercy seat, he says, I will meet you there. Wow. Praise, listen, rest. Praise, listen, rest. The main purpose of this place was to display the awesome glory of God and to invite the people to see and experience it. And he wants to do the same for you. He's inviting you to come closer. This picture that we are given here is just a foreshadowing of the one who was to come. It says, notice in that, in that section that we just put a bracket around, it says that Moses was no longer able to go in, but family, what Moses wasn't able to do our Lord Jesus did. He willingly gave up his life for you. That tabernacle, it all points to Jesus, our rescuer, our savior. Think about it with me. Just picture that, that altar upon entering the courtyard. It points to Jesus. It reminds us that we are not worthy to be in the presence of the Almighty. Yet Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice, that wash basin that's right past the altar, that reminds us that we are filthy, that we need uh, to, to be washed, that we need to be clean, that we need to be purified as we come into the presence of the Almighty, the Most High. It points to Jesus, because only by the shedding of his blood could we ever be considered clean to enter into the presence of the Most High. Wow. Inside the tent, as you enter into that tent, it points to Jesus. Jesus would declare in the New Testament, he'd say, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me never goes hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Again, he spoke, and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He is the bread, he is the light, and remember, not just anyone could enter into this holy place, only the priests and inside the Holy of Holies, the high priest. Look at what Hebrews 8 verse 1 says. Here is the main point. 
we have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. There, right there, he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord, not by human hands. Jesus Christ is our high priest. He mediates and intercedes on our behalf, on your behalf. Family, look at what has been done for us by grace. Right there, above the mercy seat, he says, I will meet with you, mercy. Wow. Look at what he gives. Look at the contrast. Praise. Listen. Rest. God, you are the God of mercy. You give mercy. You extend mercy when we don't deserve it. You give us mercy. Praise. Listen. Rest. Praise. Listen. Rest. Exodus 40 says the Lord guided them, and this continued all throughout their journeys. The people could rest in this. No longer was it a question, is the Lord with us? And the same is true today because of Jesus. If you believe in him, he will guide you throughout all of your journey of this thing called life. You don't have to walk alone. He is right here with you. We can depend on him. We can trust him. And we can rest knowing who he is and that he is with us. So what do we do with this? The Lord is speaking in order for us to grow in this wilderness, in order for us to grow, in order for, for something to happen inside of us. It needs to move from God's word right now into our hearts and from your heart, you listening to this right now, from your heart into your home and from your home to go out. What do I mean by that? What does that look like? It means if you listening to this right now, have never accepted his invitation to come closer and to know him personally, to trust him, it's going to require a step towards him. It's going to require a step away from the things that you've been following after, the things that you have been clinging on to, and it's going to require a step towards him. Would you trust him today? Would you believe that he offers you salvation? From your heart, it needs to move into your home. What does that look like? Family, it's 24-7. It's a new way of living. It should change us. Following Jesus should change us. How's your patience? How's your kindness? How's your joy? We don't turn it off and turn it back on when it's convenient. We can't keep living old ways. Walking with Jesus changes us. It's how you speak to those in your home. It's how you respond to situations. It's what you talk about. It's how you can have joy to give and to be a blessing to someone else and not be so concerned about me, 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 and what can I get? Would you allow praise, listen, and rest to be your rhythm, to be the pace setter of your life? One day last week in our home before breakfast, I asked our girls uh, to share just one thing they love about the Lord, and their answers were so precious, so honest, so pure. One of them said, that he made me. The other one said, I love his heart and how he loves. We moved through the day and it was bedtime now and finished praying and thanking God just for being with us and everything that he had did for us that day. And we say amen and suddenly there's a question from one of my daughters. She must have been thinking about 
our time of praising him earlier in the day because she had referenced how he created everything, how he was creator. And she wanted to know who taught him how to create. Family, how beautiful is that? I got to tell her all about the God we serve, how before anything he was, how there was never a beginning for him and there will never be an end. He is eternal. He is everlasting. But family, it's got to start in our hearts first. It'll never go into our homes if it's not here in our hearts. And from our hearts, it moves into our homes. Into our homes, it goes out. Let me ask you, who, who do you eat lunch with? Who do you text daily? Who are you on a team with? Who do you share an office with? How is God calling you to trust him and to do good for that single mom? How has he opened your eyes to the prisoner who waits for the bus that you see every single morning on your way into work? Has he made you aware of the foreigner who doesn't know anyone and has no one to ever sit with them? Have you invited them to your table? Family, it starts in our hearts. And it goes into our homes and from our homes it goes out. God is speaking to you right now about how he wants you you listening to this right now, to trust him and take a step of obedience. May we not stay in the same place. May we take a step toward him. Praise, listen, rest. Praise, listen, rest. Let's pray together. Almighty God, you are holy. You are sovereign. You are set apart. You are powerful, God. There is no one like you. All the heavens proclaim your glory. God, as we have look to your word today, God, and we have listened to your voice as you've spoken to us. God, may we be obedient. May we not just be hearers, but may we be obedient to take a step towards you and follow you in obedience. God, for whatever you are calling each individual to do right now in hearts, God, I pray that they would be obedient, that they wouldn't stay in the same place, but God, that they would take a step towards you Maybe that's the one today who doesn't know you. Maybe they didn't know anything about you. But God, as they heard your voice today, God, I pray that they would turn from everything else and turn back to you. God, for the one who is following you right now, God, who has gotten before you and, and sought you, maybe in uh, the financial offering, God, I just pray that as you speak to them, that they would take a step towards you. God, for us corporately, as you have opened our eyes, God, to the foreigner, to the prisoner, to uh, the single mom, God, I pray that we would take a step in obedience towards that, that we would model that. God, that we would open up our tables to invite those people in to experience real community and the love of Jesus. God, thank you for speaking today. You are the God who speaks. We are so humbled to be in your presence. And God, may we rest in that. May we rest in the truth of knowing who you are, of experiencing you, knowing that you are right here with us, walking with us, leading us, guiding us, protecting us. May we rest in that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
Thank you. 
Thank mm-hmm. you.
Thank you. 
Thank you. 